Welcome, nerd and nerdettes. <laughs> Today's podcast episode features talks of a new anime, a Hollywood legend, and Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> You're not listening to featuring Dez. Yo, happy Monday, everyone. I truly, truly hope you guys all had a most excellent weekend. And if not, then hopefully today's episode can help you cope with the Monday blues. <laughs> Trust me, man, I know about those Monday blues, people going back to work. Ain't nobody about that. But uh, guys, today on, t- on today's podcast episode, I got a few things I want to go over. So, you know, let's get it. All right. First up is a topic that that's probably not the happiest thing to talk about first thing. But this person is a legend nonetheless and absolutely deserves to be brought up. I'm talking about legendary animator Richard Williams, guys, who has worked on many projects like Pink Panther and arguably my favorite movie of all time, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Now, Mr. Williams has has passed away at the age of 86. It was actually confirmed by his wife on August 16th, this past Friday. Now, I don't know too much about what his cause of death was, but what I do know is that this man was an absolutely brilliant animator. Guys, Williams has received an abundance of awards throughout his career and has worked on many projects, but none of them, none of them affected me more than his incredible work on the groundbreaking film, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? So for those that don't know, I'm what you would call a film noir fan. Now, it's probably my favorite genre in film besides maybe some good sci-fi or horror. Who Framed Roger Rabbit may look silly or cartoonish, but make no mistake, it's truly film noir. But that's not what makes this film great. What makes, it gr- what makes this film great is the absurd amount of work that has went into it. That movie more than pushed the envelope when it came to art direction and animation. Now, how do I make this more clear? Alright guys, I'm just going to make it as clear as possible. Nothing on this scale had ever been done before, as far as animation goes. Nothing had ever been done like that. And as someone who's taken more than a few animation classes while in college, (laughs) dude, I got nothing but respect for basically anyone involved in that process. I mean, (laughs) shit, bro, even Steven Spielberg hit up Robert Zemeckis and his team and was like, ooh, (laughs) this shit fire. Alright, 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 alright. Obviously Spielberg didn't actually come out and say anything uh to that effect. Well he did say he did say he did say something like that, but when you listen to my, my podcast, you get my interpretation of things. Point blank, that's it. You 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 signed your own deal with that. But yeah, man, um Mr. Richard Williams, he did an excellent job on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Now, some of you may not know this, but he wasn't just an animator. He was also, in my eyes, a very, very underrated director in the world of animation. See, he had a film project, which he started in the 60s, my guy, the 60s. And he worked really hard on it up until in the 90s when he somehow lost control over his own project. It was later in the 90s distributed, distributed under multiple different titles. And uh, here in the USA, we might know this film as The Thief and the Cobbler. Now, The Thief and the Cobbler is, um, like, no joke, one of the best animated films ever made. And it saddens me that more people have not seen it. Dude, If I'm telling you, if you appreciate a film with, with good uses of color, 
cute characters, and somewhat of a sad plotline, then please give it a go. And I gotta talk to you guys, so real quick, there's this tune in the movie, like there's this song in the movie, I don't remember the exact song, but it goes something like, Weird what happens when you don't stay in school. <laughs> Something like that. Just know that's my bop. That is my shit. So when you listen, when you go watch this movie and you hear that song, think of me and, and just start dancing. Trust me. Dude, I dance every time I hear it. But yeah, that's my shit. And yeah, man, Richard Williams direct, directed his ass off in this movie. And uh, Richard Williams, he was, in closing, I just want to say Richard Williams, he was ambitious and well-loved. His work impacted me. And, sir, you will be missed. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. Moving on to the next topic. Uh, uh, Very quickly, I want to bring up that the fact that today is actually the birthday of actor slash producer Ahmed Best, who a lot of you will know him as Jar Jar Binks from the Star Wars prequel films. He's also in a number of video games. One of my favorite roles of his is that of Cloak from Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. I don't don't know if you guys know this, but there's these comic book characters called Cloak and Dagger. Uh, Mr. Ahmed Best uh, brings to life uh, Mr. Cloak in the video game Ultimate Alliance 2. If you guys have not played Ultimate Alliance games, they're pretty damn dope. But yeah, man, back to um, his uh, almost career-defining role um, in Star Wars. Star Wars is a series that has always and always, has, has always and always will hold a special place in my heart. And I want to give a special shout out to Mr. Ahmed for lending his talents to this epic series. And I just want to say thanks for bringing so much joy into my life. Appreciate it. Okay, next up, I want to talk about a little show called Mindhunter. (laughs) Mindhunter, guys. All right, so David Fincher, a director of whom I'm very (laughs) familiar with. He's probably in my top five favorite working directors today. He's done films like the wildly popular Fight Club, the underrated film The Game, the critic-loving film The Social Network, which was also the film that made me an Andrew Garfield fan as an actor. And this this was long before The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, I saw The Social Network. I was like, damn, homeboy can act. And then I saw he was cast in Spider-Man. I was like, well, all right, okay. (laughs) Um, And let's not forget my personal favorite Fincher film, Gone Girl. Uh, look, look, he's done many more films, but yo, I'm not about to sit here and list off this man's whole career. Okay, actually, I would do that if y'all wanted me to. <laughs> I just love this man's attention to detail when it comes to being a filmmaker. As a matter of fact, speaking of uh, attention to detail, that actually leads me to Mindhunter. So um, that great attention, that, that great attention to detail that, that is known to pop up in any Fincher film or any Fincher project, really. It's very much so present here in Mindhunter. Now, Mindhunter very quickly is about two FBI agents who get tasked with interviewing serial killers to help solve an open case or multiple open cases for that matter. Now, after Fincher finished directing the film Zodiac, which was a movie he did about the Zodiac killer, obviously, (laughs) um, it's painstakingly obvious that my man's here became obsessed with serial killers and mysteries. And just the whole shebang. And this is him putting his obsession to good use. Yo, go watch it. It's one of the best shows no one is watching. Well, 
<laughs> that's not true because if no one was watching it, then it, it, it wouldn't be killing it on Netflix and it wouldn't get another season. But just know the shit is riveting. And the second season just dropped. Just saying. So, nah, I'm super saying. Not, not just saying. <laughs> but um, my body is ready, y'all. My body's ready. I <laughs> uh, got that, that Dragon Ball joke. Just saying. I'm not apologizing for that. Moving on. <laughs> okay, for, so for my English dub watching anime fans out there, I feel the need to inform you that the new hit series, Dr. Doctor Stone, will be premiering on Toonami on August 24th. Now, for those that don't know what Dr. Stone is, it's... Uh, I'm just going to give a, a vague <laughs> description real quick, but it's the story of two students... One who wants to confess um, his love to the girl of his dreams and the other who's mostly focused on that science shit because it's science, bitch. <laughs> um, and uh, well, one day while one of them was in the lab putting putting in that work because it's science, you know what I'm saying? Um, a light seemingly randomly appears and pretty much engulfs everything and everyone. Now, and, and the two boys included. Now, they all get imprisoned and stoned. And when I say... Literally, when I say everyone, I literally mean everyone. Everyone on planet Earth got imprisoned in stone. Well, basically a long ass time goes by. And then one day, one of the two boys soon realizes he can break out of his stone imprisonment. He soon realizes that something like, oh, 4,000 years have gone by <laughs> with vegetation and nature fully taking over. Now, this anime is super aesthetically pleasing with awesome artwork and strong character designs. It's also surprisingly funny. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, I recommend giving this sh uh, show a shot, especially if you haven't already. The English dub is coming out. Now, if you're not a dub fan, then, you know, watching this sub, it's already going. You know, plus there's science. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, man, Dr. Stone, August 24th on Toonami. Check it out. Also, I apologize for that weak ass story description I just gave. But, yo, I'm trying to get people interested without really sp spoiling too much. Like, I always like people to just give something a go and figure it out for themselves. I don't like to spoil too much. That, that's my thing. Even when giving a review, that's just what I do. All right. Moving on to what I'd say is the main event. But before doing that, I want you guys to hear a few words about my sponsor. So, you, yeah, you. Yeah. Yo, we back. <laughs> so, um... Guys, I gotta get this off my chest. I recently saw Tag. Now, I knew this movie's been out for a while, but I was bored, didn't have anything to do, and uh, I saw Tag, and so I'm gonna get into it. So, Tag the movie goes a little something like this. A group of kids, all who became close while playing a game of Tag, they kept playing it for years and years, until eventually leading into adulthood. Now... There, there, there's the character of Hoagie, then there's Chili, Bob, Jerry, and Sable. The, these, these are the solid characters. Jerry, who was supposed to be the best of all of them, he'd apparently never been tagged, which is just insane to me because I felt like I would have devised some super diabolical shit to get his ass tagged. Yo, he obviously has not hung out with any of my friends, dude. We'd, we'd have done some dirty shit to get somebody tagged. If, if you go go years without getting tagged, oh, hell no. Nah, fam. No. <laughs> That's just me. That's just me. Anyway, word gets out that Jerry, that now that he's getting married, he's retiring. So Hoagie rounds up all the boys for one final showdown and uh, to finally tag Jerry. And so ensues violence and cartoonish chaos that happens throughout the course of this movie. 
Now, ultimately, it's a random throwaway comedy with a little bit more heart than I initially realized. The biggest shocker about this movie was it surprisingly had a few dope shots. This, like, there's this scene with all of the gang heading back to Hoagie's childhood basement, which then leads into this interesting shot where you see a bunch of kids uh, running, and one would assume that it's our lead protagonist, but as kids, because they're going down, you know, uh, metaphorically, uh, they're going down memory lane. Um, and it's, you also think it's these kids, especially because each of the five kids resemble each of the lead characters. But then it transitions into the following shot, and you soon realize that it's just some random little shits <laughs> running around and not the actual main characters. It, it's a tad bit clever, <laughs> and it actually made me laugh a bit. It made me realize that, yo, maybe the people behind this actually might know how to make a movie, despite it being a comedy. And what I mean by that is, is comedies generally, a lot of the time, are so focused on trying to be funny that they actually forget that they're supposed to be, you know, making a movie. So oftentimes, you'll get these films that are funny in the moment, sure, but you'd rarely, if ever, go back and revisit them. Man, I can't tell you how many times that, like, man, there are so many movies like this that I've seen, especially during the recession back in 08. Dude, we got a ton of those movies, man, a ton. Uh, I hated that era. I hated that era, era of movies. There was nothing but remakes and bad comedy movies coming out. Literally, maybe one out of ten comedies were actually good in that era. Man, I'm not, I'm not even kidding you. But that's another topic for another time. Yo, I cannot wait to get my hands on that topic. But anyway, so the characters and their relationships were, were the most interesting part of the movie for me. Not, not, not necessarily the gags or the things they get into. It's mostly the characters. Now, your lead, char your lead characters consist of Hoagie, played by um, Ed Helms, whom you might know from The Office. And then there's Chili, played by Jake Johnson, who absolutely kills it as Nick in the show New Girl. Then there's Bob, played by John Hamm, whom you guys might know as, as the Don Draper from the multiple Emmy-winning series Mad Men. And then there's uh, Jerry, uh, played by Hawkeye. I mean, uh, <laughs> Jeremy Renner. <laughs> uh, he does play Hawkeye, actually. Um, and then uh, you can't forget about my boy Sable, who is played by the comedian Hannibal. Now, and lastly, there's actually a character I forgot to mention earlier. Her name is Anna. She is played by Miss Isla Fisher, who is easily my favorite character in this movie. She is awesome in this movie, man. Her and Hannibal are probably my favorite characters in there. Now, Anna's character is the wife to the previously mentioned Hoagie. Anna's character isn't... Now, the messed up thing about Anna's character is that she's not actually allowed to play the game of tag because there was a rule implemented when the boys were young called No Girls Allowed. But it was stated numerous times that if Anna were to play the game, she'd probably be the best. Because, yo, like, <laughs> she she's crazy. I, I, like, I mean it. I mean... Homegirl is cray cray, man. Like, there are several times throughout this movie where I, I feared for anyone in her way. <laughs> Not even kidding. And, uh, look, my fellow nerd and nerdettes, thanks so much for letting me chat your ear off today, guys. I was bored one day and, you know, popped that movie in. I didn't really expect much. Um, I, ex you know, I expected it to suck, and 
I'll be damned. It actually didn't suck. <laughs> um, if you like comedies and you have nothing else to do, nothing else better to watch, I'd say, then sure, give it a go. But uh, this isn't something I'd say you definitely need to see. It's on Hulu for anyone who's wondering for streaming services. Um, and yeah, guys, stay tuned for tomorrow's podcast episode. Remember, I upload multiple times a week. Yeah, guys, thanks for letting me chat your ear off. This is Des from Feature and Des, signing out. Peace. <laughs> Peace. Jerome, Jerome, put on that Bobby Womack. Nah, girl, I want to go way back. Oh, yeah, check this out. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Yo, thanks everyone for tuning in to today's podcast episode. Now, if you find yourself just unable to shake the urge and you just got to hear more of my soothing voice, (laughs) then I highly recommend you go to YouTube and subscribe and follow me on there. On my YouTube channel featuring Des, I mostly just upload video essays, lists, and just kind of overall express myself in different ways that I'm unable to do on my podcast. I hope to see you guys there. Peace.